You're listening to 101.9 Hi FM. I'm Benji Shulman, and this is the new Blue Review. Welcome to the show. It is good to be with you on a springly Monday morning. It is very, it's like we didn't have winter. I mean, we really didn't have winter anyway, uh, but now we really don't feel like we're having winter. I'm here in short sleeves. Everyone is feeling happy. I can see blossoms out the window. It's just delightful. It's just wonderful. And we have, I hope, a delightful and wonderful show for you as well this morning. Morning. Uh, we're going to be covering all sorts of topics of interest to the Jewish community, getting down deep, dirty, and in detail. So uh, after the break, we're going to be looking at the travel feature. Of course, we have a travel feature um, every single uh, week, and uh, this particular uh, travel feature is uh, the South African Jewish Museum. If you're thinking of plopping down to Cape Town, not only spend your time at Clifton, although that's clearly very good, uh, or indeed going uh, to the Botanical Gardens or whatever it is you do, if you haven't visited the South African Jewish Museum, then that is definitely one on your agenda. And then uh, afterwards, we will be looking at um, the issue of UCT that's on the agenda. If you were Reading at all the Jewish report uh, and uh, reading about UCT, we're going to be just covering, finding out what's going on there and engaging with that a bit. And at the end of the show, we're also going to be looking at the innovation of the week. Because if you at all were watching television in the last whew, uh, few days, you basically couldn't have missed the gazillion hurricanes that are battering the coast of America and Mexico and Cuba and all these islands. And we're going to be looking at the Israeli aid response to all of those. So that's pretty interesting because uh, it's sort of grown and become a big part of Israeli diplomacy. And also, I have an emerging if you could call it a conspiracy theory, maybe. I don't know. Is it a conspiracy theory? But a few of where this Africa-Israel-Togo summit is going. Uh, there's a lot of noise going on. But there was an interesting article in the Jewish Report also this week end around it, which I think reveals more than we realize about what's going on in Togo. So that's very, very interesting. And I'd be very interested in your perspective as well. If you have a great conspiracy theory, I'd love to hear it. Uh, you can get us on SMS us, 34519, or uh, on air at com, or indeed WhatsApp, 0621482374. Always happy to hear your views on any of the topics we're discussing on the new Blue Review today. It is going to be a fascinating show so we're going to take a, a, a quick break and when we come back we'll be looking at the South Africa Jewish Museum and our travel feature from talk to music from Johannesburg to Israel from sport to business this is 101.9 High FM 101.9 Chai FM, I'm Benji Shulman and this is the new Blue Review and it is time for the travel feature. That's why every week we're bringing you a place where you can go that is uh, maybe Jewish related, maybe not Jewish related, but traveling is a, a cool part of life and it doesn't have to be too expensive. So uh, we look at a place every single week where you might be able to, to go and experience and on today's um, travel feature we are looking at the South African Jewish Museum. Now, if you've never been there, uh, definitely worth a visit. If, as I say, you're on your holiday to Cape Town, you've got the beach, you've got all the fish that you want to eat, 
uh, you, you're going to see all the fame bills. Make sure that you add the SAJM to your itinerary because it is quite a remarkable museum. First of all, just the placing of it. I mean, if there was going to be an equivalent of the mall like you have in Washington with all the different monuments and the museums, then this really is the South African mall. You've got the, uh, a big art museum on there. It's on the way down to Parliament. There's, uh, a couple of other museums uh, there's the company gardens they're all on this like one stretch of road running down to parliament and when it's not being protested it is a really really beautiful part of the country so that's the first thing is that it's just in an amazing space and 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 that is part of its attraction and what's also cool is it's part of the gardens shul which is the oldest shul in south africa and uh, has all the the sort of cool aspects about that, the wooden uh, furnishings, and it's got a really, uh, how you say, like a sense of place, really, that uh, you can feel when you go and see the garden shawl itself. And it still operates on a Friday night, so you can even go there for Friday night. But the museum itself basically takes you through the history of South African Jewry uh, since we got here. 175 years ago, there was been a big celebration going recently on at the museum, which does talk around uh, 175 years of South African Jewry. And they've got all this stuff, I guess, that talks about uh, what is going on. So as you enter the museum, uh, you see on your right all different parts, uh, ritual objects, for example, used in uh, in in Jewish thought and Jewish practice. So you've got menorahs and mezuzahs and uh, all sorts of things like that. And then it goes and goes further on and goes into the roots of the community. It goes back to Lithuania and the shtetl and, you know, looks at all of those kind of stuff and also looks at some of the big individuals that made the country, uh, the Jewish community great. We've spoken before on this program about Sammy Marx. And, uh, you know, that he actually has a whole section just dedicated to himself and the work that he did and, and a number of other uh, sort of important people that, uh, that, that made up the community. And then it also goes on to focus on other aspects of the community's history. So, for example, uh, you can see the struggle years and you can see what the role of the Jewish community was in, in the struggle and you can, uh, have a look at there's a whole tikkun olam section where they they look at uh, you know the, what people what people are doing uh, by actually uh, you know actually contributing to the society today if you like and uh, all, all of that sort of thing and and it's a really just a cool interesting visit into the history of the Jewish community and there's all sorts of things that you just wouldn't expect to see there's you know pictures of Nelson Mandela you know uh, that that pop up randomly uh, and and it's very interactive you can watch videos um you can you know listen to to different uh, people talking about their lives as they as you walk through the exhibition you can even see the different communal bodies and what they mean in terms of the life of the Jewish community so it is quite an amazing uh, and well put together uh, museum and really well worth the, the effort in terms of going to visit. So that would be, uh, m- m- you know, my, my suggestion if you want to go uh, to, to a museum. And, and they've got some other cool projects as well, just like surrounding it. They have from time to time temporary exhibitions that you can see and, uh, 
and, and things that, that are put on. There's also a Jewish digital archive project, which is, is quite cool. At the moment, they're busy putting together, um, are busy putting together things that are digitally being recorded. So, for example, if you have old pictures or old videos uh, about the Jewish community, they actually are looking for people who want them and and need to uh, and need to preserve them. So, uh, it's it's pretty cool, uh, and that's a great project you can also see on the website. But by far the coolest thing is that if you can't get to Cape Town at all, um, perhaps you're not going down this year or uh, for whatever reason you can't get, they actually have a digital visitation of the museum that you can do. So if you go to the website, which is www.sajewishmuseum.org.za, you can actually, you click on the virtual tour and they've got like a 3D rendering of the museum with little arrows and you follow the arrows and you can actually see each section. And when you get to, for example, the Barney Bonato section, there's a whole section on Barney Bonato, who was a big uh, a mining giant in South African history. They have all the videos that they would play in the museum. You can see it digitally. So you don't even have to go uh, to the museum. But obviously, if uh, that is you know, what you want to do, because... It's not. Uh, there's nothing cooler than seeing it yourself. I would suggest 100% making it part of your Cape Town itinerary. By the way, it's also nearby, uh, basically next door, the South African uh, Holocaust Memorial uh, in Cape Town, which is also an amazing museum. We'll cover that more in detail. And they have an amazing shop there, a great kosher food that you can get, excellent bookstore and gift shop. All very, very well worth the effort. So if you would like to go, uh, Sundays to Thursdays, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m., obviously closed Saturdays and uh, Jewish holidays, but it is open on public holidays. And just remember that uh, obviously is a Jewish uh, site, so take your ID because there is a bit of security. And uh, adults are 60 Rand, Uh, pensioners are 30 Rand, students under 12 are free, and students over 12 are 30 Rand. Uh, And if you're going on the Red City bus, uh, that is a 50% discount, and you can order an audio guide which will take you through as well. So well worth the visit. Go check out the website www.sajewishmuseum.org.za and get in touch with your Jewish roots this December holidays. The best part of your day. At the heart of your community. All the talk. All the music. All the news. Hi FM. 101.9 Hi FM and that was Evita Banai and uh, Ad Machar. So I hope you enjoyed that. Really, really quite a chilled piece of music. And you are listening to the New Blue Review. I'm Benji Shulman. And, uh, yeah, we'd always want your opinion, particularly on the next topic, which I'm going to be talking about. You can SMS us on 34519. Email us on air, chaifem.com. Tweet us at chaifem. Or WhatsApp us, 0621482374. Now, interesting article in the, uh, in the Jewish Report this weekend and also being carried on the South African Institute of International Affairs website to go Togo or not to go which I thought was quite a clever headline uh, and uh, it's being written by Stephen Grused and Kamel Rahani who are both at uh, SIA uh, South African Institute of International Affairs and they're talking a little bit about this conference that is coming up in six weeks time in October about uh, Israel and it's in, in Togo in Lome. And all the African nations uh, on the continent have been invited to come meet Israel in a giant 
bi tri multilateral conference where Israel is going to talk to African nations about how they can work together, how they uh, can work on peace issues, on security issues, on development issues, water, agriculture, all these things that uh, are really good for the continent. And it's been really driven by Bibi Netanyahu, who is trying to find, uh, I guess, a way to get support, particularly in the UN uh, for Israel. Uh, as you might know, in the UN, there's a particular issue with uh, how the General Assembly works, because if you have all the African countries and all the Asian countries uh, or all the South American countries on one side, you can pretty much uh, vote for whatever you want, and that affects Israel quite badly, being one small country uh, being ganged up upon by all these regional bodies. And uh, Netanyahu has gone out specifically to see if he can target these countries to try and get more African support for Israel at the UN. And they, he did a great big tour uh, late last year, I think, uh, to East Africa, Kenya, etc., and then also to West Africa, to the ECOWAS region, and as the first Prime Minister to have visited Israel, uh, excuse me, Africa, for like 30 or 40 years, not since uh, Golda Meir did her big push into Africa in the 50s and 60s, have we said, quite so much diplomacy on the African front. So it's a remarkable uh, thing that he's trying out to do, and not without its uh, detractors, uh, because this is really, really upsetting the Palestinian side. They don't like the fact that the Israelis are moving into Africa. They think that the Africans should support the Palestinians. And so they're being very uh, vocal about it. And part of this vocality, if you like, is coming from this anti-Israel um, think tank. It's called the Afro Middle East Center. It's basically an anti-Western, anti-Israel think tank that works uh, uh, to to try and uh, drum up academic support uh, about. Uh, I mean, they work on a range of issues. But if they come out on an Israel thing, they're almost certainly going to come out. Uh, against Israel. And what the SIA article is about is basically them having gone to this think tank and reported on a conference that they were hosting called Africa-Israel Summit Benefit or Burden. And mainly what what it's saying is that is that there has been p- some pushback in the continent. So uh, Morocco and the Palestinian Authority uh, who are uh, pushing back and trying to lobby African countries to to not go, and 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 how the rest of the how the rest of the continent is reacting. And what's interesting is not so much you know who's going or who's not going, but also what is the South African uh, perspective. So, for example, one of these academics who works at Amic, uh, according to the article, his name is Machidi Motsuneng. Uh, he's put into a, a sort of a roster who he thinks is going to come and who's not going to come. So, in his mind, uh, Botswana, uh, Liberia, Mauritania, Morocco, and South Africa and Tunisia are not going to go. But then. Uh, the East and West African sub-regions uh, probably would, and, and then he's not sure for some reason about the DRC, uh, Congo, and Madagascar. And this was kind of how he put it, uh, that the, basically the East and West coasts uh, of Africa will be attending, with obviously the Arab states not being uh, that keen uh, to attend. And, the, and then there's a whole article about how upset the Palestinians are and how they're saying that... Uh, that they want to get more Arab aid to Africa, which is, by the way, how they try to break off the Israeli connection in the 60s uh, and and how all these sorts of uh, things are being done by the Palestinians to try and sabotage uh, the conference. Now, 
What I really want to focus in on for this particular topic is the countries that are supposedly not going. So let's look at the list again. He, according to this, um, person who's written in this thing, Botswana, Libya, Mauritania, Morocco, South Africa, and Tunisia. So the first four are obvious, right? Libya, Mauritania, Morocco, and Tunisia, uh, all Arab states, all don't really have uh, any connections with Israel. Morocco said behind the scenes that it is uh, uh, connected a little bit with Israel, but it's just been let back into the AU of it having been excluded for a long time. So it would make sense that they would also be... Uh, you know, poised to to uh, try and make their influence felt. Mauritania used to have connections with Israel, doesn't anymore. Libya is obvious. Tunisia, I would say as well. The two that I want to focus in on though are Botswana and South Africa. Now, where Botswana gets Botswana from, I don't know because, as far as I know, Botswana is one of the top supporters of Israel in the region from a SADC perspective. Uh, their universities are connected with Israeli universities. And uh, Ian Karma, who is the president there, uh, as far as I know, has an excellent relation with the Israel with the Israeli state. So I'm not sure where he gets that from. But the interesting one is South Africa, because there's been a lot of talk about whether South Africa is first of all going to boycott this conference, and second of all, whether they are lobbying, <coughs> excuse me, other African countries to do so as well. And what's interesting is that there has seemed to be a basic sense that South Africa um, has been in the forefront of opposing this particular issue on 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 the continent. And it basically comes from two different places. So the first one actually is cited in the article, and it comes from uh, someone who is at this a committee meeting, and his name is Sisa Ngentalana. Uh, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. And he's from the ANC International Relations Subcommittee, uh, and he has all sorts of terrible things to say uh, about uh, Israel. And um, uh, and and it was interesting, I must say. I, I just want to point this out to him, which is quite remarkable. So here's his his actual quote. Um, he says he's called for renewed African solidarity with the Palestinians, citing, and this is his quote, evidence of Israeli plundering unfair trade and has condemned Jerusalem's militarized diplomacy on the continent. Now, I don't know if that's the direct quote or not, or if it's just the writer, uh, but South Africa doesn't recognize Jerusalem as the capital of Israel, uh, but they seem to have done so in that particular uh, sentence, which I think is pretty, uh, pretty funny. But the point is, is that, a, the ANC is driving this pretty hard. I don't think the J- ANC is happy about Israel moving into the continent. I think it feels they feel like it undermines the Palestinian cause. I think it it feels like they undermine their power on the continent uh, because they they don't like the Israelis. And the ANC are very much not in the corner. But the only official word that we have had that uh, Israel, is, South Africa, is not likely to attend or boycott the conference is from one diplomat. One diplomat in Lebanon, the South African ambassador to Lebanon, says that he believes the South African uh, contingent won't be going to Israel. Uh, excuse me, won't be going to to Lome to to for this Israel conference. Right now, what's interesting for me is that since when does a random ambassador make the policy of DERCO, the, the Department of International Affairs and Cooperation, it, it would seem a little bit strange that him as the Lebanese ambassador would be pronouncing on this. And basically every single report that we've seen in the media since then has quoted this one official in Lebanon as being the key person who has, 
been saying that South Africa is not attending. And what I think a lot of people don't understand is that, you know, the ANC has a very strong anti-Israel bias, certainly in terms of some of its policies and some of its views. And and the ANC as an organization, depending on who you talk to and depending on the day and depending on what's going on in the Middle East, may have a more positive or negative view of Israel. But their view doesn't kind of completely conform to the government's view. South African government, uh, it has a department. It has to do all sorts of different things. And the, the, the department and the government itself often has slightly differing views from the ANC, although obviously the ANC has to drive policy. But, but you don't always find this exactly going in sync. And you can find this across a, a number of different uh, places. If you look, for example, at state-owned enterprises, how they might uh, view things or the ANC calling for nationalization, and that hasn't been uh, actually put out by the state. So there's always a bit of a tension. And what's interesting about this article is if you go right to the end, it it says the South African Department of International Relations and Cooperation declined an invitation to present, and Durko representatives made no formal comments. Now, let's think about this for a second. So you have a random ambassador in Lebanon, which is a pro-Arab country, being an Arab country itself. And this ambassador has basically made a statement, right? Now, since then, we've heard nothing. No official statement from Durko one way or the other. So one way of reading this is that actually Durko supports his view of uh, this particular ambassador and hasn't seen fit uh, to rebuke him. But on the other hand, we know that this, that Durko has agreements in place with uh, the Israeli Ministry of Foreign Affairs. And those are also sort of a little bit under the table. We know that there's been attempts to get water engagement and all these sorts of things. And we know that Durko comes under a lot of pressure from ANC types if they uh, do anything with regards to Israel. So maybe, and this is just my theory, but maybe Durko is just keeping quiet. Let the random uh, Durko official in Lebanon say whatever he has to say. And maybe they'll pitch up at Togo anyway um, and just not make a comment on it. So that's my personal view uh, is that the South Africans have relations with Israel. Uh, they have no uh, particular want or need to back the Moroccans whom they hate uh, and who are pretty much really driving this this whole boycott campaign. And uh, this is what they're trying to do. So this is my own personal view. We'll get to see in October. But the fact that Durko wouldn't come to an anti-Israel uh, think tank and talk about what their position is on this conference I think is very significant and I think sometimes you've got to read between the lines and perhaps things are not as bad as we think at the governmental level when it comes to Africa-Israel relations. So that's my view. Uh, we'll get to see if it's right in six weeks or, or so. But either way, I think it's a great thing for the continent. It shows things are turning, that Africa is interested in Israel and Israel is interested in Africa and we can only hope that this leads to better things in the future. <laughs> Stay relevant and up to date. This is 101.9 High FM. This is 101.9 High FM. I'm Benji Shulman and this is the new Blue Review. That was Ani Shalach by Nashama Karabach. Hope you enjoyed those smooth sounds. And here is something that I think I need to tell you. Uh, if you were trying to watch Kevin Anderson 
last night on the television and it was a bit grainy and maybe it was a bit black and white and you didn't really get to see it well here's a solution we have a solution for you on 101.9 Chai FM I'm quite excited about this and the key thing is that you can be on your first step to winning a 55 inch LG OLED TV valued at 20,000 bucks 20,000 buck television uh, for watching sport, I think you, you can't go wrong with that. And uh, all you have to do is start by sending us your qualifying question. This is a bit like very sporty sort of television. So you have to qualify first before you can even enter the competition. So to qualify, this is what you have to do. You have to pick one answer. that LG OLED TV delivers A, a perfect black, B, a barely black, C, a depressingly black, or D, a gloomy black uh, picture quality. And uh, you can answer this qualifying question by sending uh, LG to and the correct answer in one of three ways. You can SMS us, 34519, WhatsApp us, 0621482374, email us on air at chaifem.com. That's right. Perfect black, barely black, depressing black, gloomy black. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, you can you can send LG and the answer to any of those uh, platforms. Now, once you qualified, it's a little bit like you know, it's a little bit like being in the Formula One. Once you've qualified on the front row, which which this will do, then you can seriously start to play. So you have to listen out for the sports clues on the morning mayhem um, every single day. And uh, on Friday morning, the winner of the sports question will win this LG OLED TV with perfect black, perfect color ultimate display so no better ask why all compliments of lg uh, life is good so there we go if you need a, a tv make sure you qualify make sure you enter because it is a super cool prize and one that you do not want to miss out on and what you don't also don't want to miss out on uh, i would say is our next segment because we're talking about something very very serious and if you have uh, some kind of kid in a university or uh, if uh, you're thinking of sending a kid to university, then you should be worried about what's happening at UCT because at UCT there seems to be quite a big issue that is going on. It's being covered uh, in the Jewish Report this weekend, but also I saw an article in the Algemeiner and uh, a number of other places, the Rational Standard, and they're all talking about what is going on at UCT. So in case you haven't uh, or not sure what's been going on, with UCT, here is the breakdown. So many, many years ago in 2014, there we had the the, the wall in Gaza, <clears throat> and groups at the at the at the university went to the university and said, "We want you to cut all ties with Israeli universities," which you know, is a bit of a strange thing since. UCT has no ties with any Israeli universities, but nonetheless, they wanted to try and boycott them. So the university looked at this, particularly Max Price, and said, uh, this seems like a stupid idea. No. So that was basically uh, his response. So that's all very well, and that happened. But now there seems to have been a uh, a revival of this idea at UCT, uh, in particular in the, in the wake of... Uh, of uh, of of some of the issues that have been going on at UCT, they have um, the, they have tried to revive this idea going through a different um, a different set of, of of institutions, and they're trying to drive this boycott. And what I'm going to do uh, after the break is actually take you through what's happened so far, what's been going on, and how you might be able to help. Uh, to stop uh, this this issue. So please, I'm very, very interested also in your views. What is your views on academic boycott initiative? What are your views on UCT, on Max Price? Please let us know, 34519. 
that's the SMS line. You can email us on, on airchaifm.com or also WhatsApp 0621482374. We're going to be taking you through this whole UCT issue coming up right after this. A frequency like no other. 101.9 High FM. 101.9 Chai FM, I'm Benji Shulman and this is the new Blue Review. And before the break, we were speaking about UCT and uh, this academic boycott. So basically what's happened is that uh, the the Academic Freedom Committee that is supposed to look after these issues has actually decided that they're going to look again at this issue. And they've been asking for inputs from different uh, organizations, including the Palestinian Solidarity Forum, soldiers presented, and everyone's kind of put in their view uh, about what is going on. And it seems as though uh, if it's successful at this stage in terms of the Academic Freedom Committee, that it will then go to the University Council. And the University Council is the council that controls all decisions uh, around this. So it's going to be very interesting to see uh, if UCT takes the strong moral high ground and sticks up for academic freedom or indeed uh, yields to some of the power political plays that – that are being driven out on the campus. The question is, what can you do about it? Can any way we can support this thing? Well, the question is, if you have a student going to UCT, make sure that they contact soldiers. Tell them that, uh, you know, they want to offer to help. If you're a UCT alumnus, why don't you get in, involved with your alumni committee? Why don't you speak to your alumni officer and say, listen, this is a really serious, uh, serious problem and uh, that it needs to be uh, dealt with uh, effectively. Uh, or if you any, know anyone at UCT, maybe makes uh, donations. If you have any connections at all, I would say get in touch with the relevant authorities, get in touch with the board of deputies, uh, soldiers, whoever it is, and make your voice heard. Because at the end of the day, the people who stand to lose, according to an article on Politics Web this week, by the way, by the International, by the Institute for Race Relations, uh, they've actually outlined what might happen to UCT, including not only losing uh, any future Israeli connections, but actually putting 44 of their American universities at risk as well. So it is a serious problem. And uh, I think uh, everyone is very concerned. And if you are connected to UCT at all, I would definitely say make your voice heard. So that is a very interesting uh, and uh, something which everyone should be getting involved. And just to wrap up, I said we were going to do this. Uh, just if you want some good news uh, going on in the world today. Uh, if you've been watching the storms in Florida, you've been watching... Uh, everything that's been going on there with the hurricane and, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff, I would go and have a look at a website, www.israel21c.org, and they have a whole article on all the aid that Israel is giving to the Americans. There's not just one way uh, that, it, that like, it likes to be happened, but all these different organizations, Zakar, um, United Hatzola, uh, the Israel Rescue Coalition, uh, Israel Aid are all flying into uh, Miami and into these places and are helping the Americans, even in Texas, even the Mexicans with this earthquake. And it's a whole article basically devoted to what has happened with uh, Israeli aid uh, to the whole world, particularly since the Haiti earthquake where they really got seriously involved and how this is a growing part uh, of Israel's service to the world. And it's just amazing to see uh, what is uh, going on in, uh, in, in the world from an Israeli perspective, how they're bringing all that innovation. There's even a whole part of the article 
devoted to clowns, Israeli clowns that are coming out to help people feel better about it. So just an amazing article. Uh, I would definitely recommend it. And uh, it would be great if we could have something like this in our own community. I think it would be uh, pretty cool as well. So go have a look at Israel 21C. If you want to feel better about the difference uh, uh, Jews are making in the world, uh, it's a great way to do it. And a great way to end the show today. Uh, So thank you very much for listening. It's good having been with you. Thank you uh, to all of the listeners, to Vusi, to Mandy, uh, to Craig, who pushes all the big red buttons on the show. And uh, we will... Be back next week on the, the new Blue Room. I'm very excited. We've got an amazing guest coming up. Uh, we're going to be talking about the German election. German election is coming up in two weeks' time and could really affect the, the rest of Europe. So we've got an expert who's going to come in and talk to us about the German election and what it means for the rest of the world. So looking forward to that. But until next week, keep safe and shalom. <laughs>